to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. been talking to the church of Colossae and the region around Laodicea. I will probably say this pretty much every message that I teach in the book of Colossians, and that will be this. This is a warning that Paul had been giving to the church in Colossae. It's a, it's an encouraging letter, but it's a warning to be on the lookout to not be ripped off in your Christian faith, to to fight the good fight, uh, to live for Christ. This is a word that he shared with the Colossian believers. And I believe he he could write it to us. I mean, this is a word that is so apropos for us. It is so uh, relevant for us today. That's a big buzzword today from pulpits is relevant relevancy. We want to be relevant to the world. And I understand, you know, Paul says, hey, I, 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 I'll become all things to all men that I might win some. All right. I don't know that Paul would, you know, there's a limit to that. You know, there's a limit to that. Sometimes we'll take that to the nth degree and, and it would be the unhealthy nth degree. You know, I remember I told you before of a fella that I knew, you know, a few years ago that felt, hey, here's what it is. I came out of the bar scene and so here's what it is. I'm going to become, I'm going to go back into the bars and I'm going to start drinking with the people. And as I gather, you know, and, and get their, get their confidence, then we'll start talking about the Lord. Well, he didn't lead many people to the Lord, but <laughs> he got buzzed a lot and, and he, he, you know, he gave himself sanction to do that, saying, hey, I became all things to all men that I might win some. And I, though I don't want any really right now, uh, I'm at least doing a good thing for the Lord. And, well, that may be taking this thing out of context a bit. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Here we are about to enter into, what? what's the time of the season? What season we're in right now? We're, huh? Fall, okay. What's the next holiday coming up? Huh? I heard Halloween and Thanksgiving. Halloween's coming up, right? Halloween, what do we understand about Halloween in our country? Huh? Free candy. <laughs> Payday. Uh, just joking. <laughs> Free candy. Yeah. What else do we know about Halloween? Huh? Glorifies the dead. What else do we know about Halloween? What? Creepy clowns. <laughs> yeah. What else? People dress up, right? You dress up, you go to door to door and you get free candy. You, you know what Halloween is, right? All Hallows Eve, right? It's the day before the celebration, which, surprise, we don't celebrate, do we? We don't celebrate November 1st. But but that's a day 
that we would be celebrating All Saints. That's what it is. All Saints Day happens on November 1st. It's kind of a a mindset that some churches, some huge philosophies will say, raise Cain all week and then go to church on Sunday and confess it and you'll be absolved from all of the Cain that you raised in the first six days. And you'll be good. So live for the world six days, come on Sunday, ask for forgiveness, God will do it, and then you can go, be, you can feel good about yourself because you did it, and God forgave you, and now Monday comes along and go back out and just live it up. Is that maybe taking liberty out of context? Christian liberty out of context? I think so. But there are some churches that say, hey, it's okay. It's all right to do that. Do whatever you want. Live debaucherous lives as long as you come before the Lord and ask for forgiveness. It's okay. It's all right. If you come on Sunday, you ask for forgiveness, you're you're there. And, and Paul's going to talk about that here in just a second, but that's kind of like what Halloween is. Halloween is kind of, it was kind of the origination of, hey, here it is. The day before a the day before we celebrate the saints that have died, that we remember, kind of looking back in it at Hebrews chapter, you know, uh, eleven. You know, you, you you've read that, I'm sure, and and here as you as you do Hebrews chapter eleven, it talks. It's a faith chapter. And it talks about all the different people who died in the faith. But it, it, it towards the very end, when it just gets to, where we're not going to just name off specific names. It gets into Hebrews chapter 11. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read a couple of things. It says uh, in verse 32, it says, And what more shall I say? I believe this is Paul writing. Nobody knows for sure, but I believe that the writer of Hebrews was Paul. He goes, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith. And they're talking about people who lived in the faith and even died in the faith, who subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. And now it gets into these things. Quenched the violence of fire. You remember Daniel quenched the violence of fire, right? Daniel and, the, and, and his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They quenched the violence of fire as they came out of the, the furnace. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong, became valiant in battle, and turned to flight the armies of the alien. Hey, women even received their dead raised to life again. However, others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better better resurrection still others had trials this is these are christians who lived in faith that paul's pointing out maybe brothers and sisters they're brothers and sisters of us if we're christians they just lived a while ago 
But we actually have some of these people that are living upon the face of the earth today that are living in, in oppressive countries where to be a Christian can sign your death warrant. But it says others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. So others, they had trials of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and even of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Of whom, listen, this is how... God looks upon you. This is how Paul is is speaking about those who went through this. These people of whom the world was not even worthy. Right? Why? Because they loved the Lord. And they were willing to sacrifice health and wealth and safety for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of, of Christ, for the sake of God. They were willing to sacrifice and surrender, absolutely surrender their own lives for the sake of Christ. They wandered around in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, they they actually hadn't even received the promise yet. They, They hadn't even seen Christ. They just heard that he was coming. We look back at the old, we look at the, at the Bible and we have this Bible in front of us and we go, oh wow, what a wonderful book. Can you imagine if you didn't have from Matthew to Revelation? You and I have the luxury of knowing how it ends. We, you and I have the luxury of seeing Christ come on the scene. You and I have the luxury of understanding that God sent his son into the world to pay the penalty for us. We have the luxury of looking back and seeing that. These people who are willing to do and to sacrifice themselves only had heard, had only looked forward to the day that he would come on the scene. One day, one day the Messiah is going to come. Oh, trials of mockings. Are you kidding me? You idiot. Now understand, back in that day, the peer pressure was just as strong as you and I are enduring today. And every one of us are going to endure some sense of peer pressure in your Christian walk. Others will mock you. Oh, do you believe in... i, I got to be careful because we get kids in here, but it, you, you believe in Easter Bunny and Santa Claus too? You believe in those sayings? Ah, the tooth fairy. <laughs> he looks like the rock. I'm just joking. <laughs> he... You believe, okay, okay, so you believe in Jesus. He's just one of those guys. Here's the thing. They were mocked. They were shunned. They said, it doesn't matter. I'm looking forward to Christ. He came on the scene. There was a time where Jesus, when he came on the scene, when he died, we understand in scripture, it says that when he died, he, he descended into the, into the lower parts of the earth. And he preached to the prisons in prison, or to the, to the souls that were in prison. Who were the souls that were in prison? It was those, it was these guys that died and being absent from the body to be present with the Lord was not yet a realization at that time. When they died, they went to a place called Hades is what the Bible says. 
Abraham's bosom. It's where paradise was. You remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross and you had two thieves that were mocking him in one book. But in the next book, or in the in Luke, you have, in Matthew, you have two thieves mocking Jesus. In Luke, you have one thief mocking Jesus and the other thief saying, stifle your mouth over there, man. We are justified. It's justified that we're up here hanging on the cross because we're both thieves. This one in the middle, he didn't do anything wrong. Why the difference in the two books? Why in one book are two thieves mocking Jesus and in the next book you see only one mocking Jesus and one sticking up for Jesus? It's because I believe that on the cross, even in that most dire position, in the very last seconds of that thief's life, even though he was mocking Jesus, he came to his senses and the Spirit touched his heart and he realized who was hanging right next to him. And he got saved. And he called out to Jesus. He said, Jesus... Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. There's belief. And Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Where did he go? He went to the center of the earth. What was in the center of the earth? It was called Abraham's bosom or paradise or Hades. And that's where he went. And sometimes we hear this term, oh, it's as hot as Hades in here. No, 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 no. Listen, that, that's not even actually an accurate term. Hades was actually separated by two different compartments there. There was one place called Abraham's bosom and paradise. Then there was a great chasm that separated the two. And then there was another compartment called the place of torments, of which there are still those that have died apart from Christ there. But those who died before Jesus went to the cross, all of these died and they were there in this place called Abraham's bosom. And there Abraham was. We have a dialogue where you have the rich man and you have Lazarus and they're, the rich man is saying, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to dip his finger into the, the water and touch it to my tongue for my, my soul is in torments. Abraham says, no, can't happen. We can't come to you. You can't come to us. Sorry, you had your choices. Well, then at least send Lazarus back to the earth to, to warn my brothers not to come where I've come. You see, in, in hell, in the place of torments that will one day be given up, Revelation chapter uh, 20 says that. It says that Hades will give up its dead. The Hades, those that are in there, is a place of torment. Those who come out of Hades at that time, they're all going to stand before the great white throne judgment and they're going to be judged and they're going to be sent away from God. They're going to be removed from the presence of the Lord. Depart from me, I never knew you. They're going to hear. This rich man says, send somebody back to warn my brothers. And, 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 and Abraham says, listen, they had the prophets. They had all of those that were sent to him. If they won't hear the prophets and those that God has sent to them, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to believe even if one were raised from the dead. Interesting. Here's the thing. There are those that just will not believe in Christ. But you have those that before Jesus died, 
when you died apart from Christ, you just long for the promise. That's what Hebrews chapter 11, that passage is talking about. They died. They willingly died, sacrificed their bodies, willingly died in horrendous ways. And they went to Abraham's bosom or paradise. And Jesus said to the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. I'm going there. Isaiah chapter 61, it talks about how Jesus went and he spoke and he preached to the spirits that were there locked in this prison. But then he said he led captivity captive. He, he took them out, man. He took them out. He opened the door. Those of you, I, I don't know the, 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 the message that Jesus had, but it was probably going to be a lot like this. Gang, I know that you died looking forward to the promise. And I know you've been here for quite some time. But gang, let me tell you, I'm the promise. You guys ready to get out of here? Let's go. And he led captivity captive. He released them and he freed them and they are gone. And now he set them free. They're in heaven. And you and I, and you and I, when we die, the, uh, Paul says, listen, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We don't go to that place anymore because Jesus set that place free. He, he opened the door of that place. Now, there on the other side of Hades is the place of torment still. It just keeps getting packed and packed and packed with those who die apart from Christ. Why all of this? Well, because there was a celebration amongst the church of those who, listen, it says that they were sawn in half. They were stoned. These guys were slain with the sword. They walked around in sheepskin. And so there, many years ago, the church used to celebrate those that were horrifically killed for the faith. And they'd honor them and say, hey, Look, Isaiah, I mean, he was cut asunder. He was sawn in two. They put it, put, put him in a log, in a hollowed out log and sawed the log in half. He was half the man he used to be. Just <laughs> people were, were beheaded. And so what they would do is that they would, they would actually dress up. I don't know how you dress up. I maybe get your two kids, you know, two little kids and like have them in the leg part walking around and someone in the head part walking around. Hey, there's Isaiah. Here's somebody walking around headless, walking around. They kind of put it up and they walk around. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, here was one that was, was beheaded because he, he longed for the day of Christ. <laughs> They would celebrate these men and women who who valiantly died for the faith. That's what November 1st is about. October 31st. Listen, Christ has set us free. I don't know. There's some there's some that are very vehemently against that that day. I know what that day is. I know what that day stands for. I don't dress up as a demon. Why do I want to give glory to a demon? 
I don't dress up as a, as a, you know, some, you know, something that doesn't glorify the Lord. I mean, I'll dress up as something. I don't usually dress up, but used to with my son, you know, we used to dress him up as a, you know, whatever, you know, he was a pilot one year. He finally attained. Here's the thing. We dress, we dress up and we'll go to door to door. I don't think Jesus is condemning anybody going to door to door. I think he's going, score. You got some candy. I love, I love what Kevin and Christine have kind of instituted in here into this church where they light the night, man. And, and, and let's be a light. You know, they, they always, you know, Kevin will always, uh, uh, you know, present this as, listen, this is the time of year where the world that won't come to church is going to come to your house and knock on your door and say, hey, can you give me some things? And you give them candy, but give them, give them, give them the love of the Lord. Maybe give them a track. Maybe give them something that is going to, to point them to Christ. Who knows? But that's what Paul, Paul was dealing with that back in chapter two, wasn't he? There are those that are going to come down on you as Christians. If you celebrate any, if you do anything, if you go and, and do anything with Halloween, they're going to come down on you and you're not a Christian. You Listen, Paul says, don't let anyone judge you on those things. If, 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 if you're good with it, if you're, it's, it's not a city, go enjoy yourself. Don't glorify the enemy. I would just encourage you not to do that. But I would encourage you to do that on a day-by-day basis. Live your life. Enjoy. Enjoy the kids coming to your house. I love seeing kids come to my house all the time. Until you run out of candy, then you shut the lights off, you know, and they come knocking on the door and your heart starts racing. You go, can they see in? Can they see in? You know? Don't let anybody judge you on that that situation. Now, it's kind of a, a little bit of an apropos message. There you going with this. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, look at, he says, if you were raised with Christ, okay, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on those things above, not on the things in the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Okay? So here's the thing. When you become a Christian, it's not a fake costume that you put on, but it's the most real uniform that you'll ever wear in your life. And it's called putting on Christ. Get the picture of of a mask that you put on. And when you put a mask on, you you ever see a a, a little kid that you 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 know you uh, put a, a, a Superman outfit on. You put the little cape on. You put the little Superman outfit on. You stick the little you know. Face mask on. What do they do? Start jumping off things, don't they? Why? They think they're Superman. They're, they're living their costume 
You know where I'm going with this, don't you? We live in a perpetual Halloween, guys. We live in a perpetual dress-up. We live in a perpetual life that says, my life is hidden in Christ. When I come to Christ, I put on Christ. The uniform that I put on, the costume that I put on, the person that I become is no longer me. It's now Christ. It's, it's now the person that I am emulating, the person that I'm living as, the person that I'm representing to the world is this person. You go to a costume party and you have the Batman outfit on. What do you say? I'm Batman, right? Everybody wants to say that. <laughs> Remember someone saying, you know, I want to hang a life-size costume of Batman in my closet so that if I get old and I get dementia, I'll look back and go, I was Batman. I'm sorry. Bad joke. Here's the thing. I was Batman. Here's the thing. We put on Christ. We put on Christ. And when we put on Christ, what we do is we represent him to the world. No longer... When, when, like right now, I'm looking at Josh. Josh is looking at me. He sees Dawn, right? I think so. He looks, I'm presenting Dawn. But ultimately, what I'm supposed to be doing is that though he sees Dawn, I want him to see, not me, I want him to see Christ. Right? That's what Paul's trying to get to. You know, if, if you, if you understand this and you, and you can capture this, you can grab this, you can, you can, you can, you can encapsulate this in your mind where you go, you know what? It's no longer about me. We just sang this song. I wanted to sing it last week. We sang it this week. It's all about you, Jesus. And all this is for you, for your glory and, and your fame. It's not about me as if you should do things my way. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's about Christ. And my life is hidden in Christ. It, my life didn't used to be hidden in Christ. My life used to be presented as Don. Everywhere I went, I was Don. Or Donnie. Or Donald. Or Dip, my dad used to call me. Hey, Dip. <laughs> My middle name's Paul, so he's DP, short for dip, he said. Hey, dip. <laughs> hey, pray for him. He's, he's not doing real good right now. But here's the thing. People saw me as, as this person. But when I became a Christian, something should change. When people see you, who do they see? If it's, it's a quick little litmus test that you can give yourself. If people still see you, are you hidden in Christ? Have you put on the new man, woman? No, that's a generic term that they use. Have you put on Christ? And when you put on Christ, you represent the costume you wear. Because it's not about you anymore. It's about the person that you're representing. That's what, that's what he says. 
if you are raised with Christ, well then, what would Christ do? Well, he would seek those things which are above. Well, then I guess that's what I should do. That's where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. What else would he do? Well, he would set his mind on things above. So, hey, you set your mind on things above, not on these things on the earth. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, if, if, if I really am putting on Christ and I'm representing Christ to the world, then I guess my mind should be on things above and not on the things of the earth, right? You see, Christianity can become pretty simple when we begin to break it down into terms like this, when we understand that we're not living for self, but we're living for Christ, right? And then Paul goes on to explain, he says in verse 3, he says, because you understand that when you came to Christ, when your life was hidden in Christ, here's what happened. You died. That's why he, 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 he uses these terms. You died. When we die, what do we do? We cease to live amongst the living, right? We all lose people. It's a hard thing to lose people. It's a hard thing to lose people to death. And it hurts and it grieves us. Because as, lo- as much as we hate losing them, as Christians, the sting of death is a way, it hurts, it grieves us, but there's always the knowledge that one day I'm going to see them again in heaven. The real gravity of death and, and the real depression of death is that if the person isn't saved, if you're not saved, if the person isn't saved, you're never going to see those guys again. That to me is is tragic. It's devastating. Funerals of the unsaved are some of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. I weep at those things. Because the loss isn't just for today. The loss is for eternity. It's It'll never get better. It'll just never get better. Oh, you might, the pain might be dulled here on the earth, but one day you're never going to be with that person again. And it doesn't have to be that way. That's what the, that's what the gospel is all about. It doesn't have to be that way. That's the good news. It doesn't have to be that way. But Paul uses these terms. He says, when you died, you died to you. It's no longer about you. You, you cease to exist. I cease to exist. The persona that I present to the world is not about what do you see in dawn. It's does the person, do the people, does the world see Christ in me? Do the, does the world see Christ in me? It's the greatest ambition of life is to live for your creator. It's to live in the costume in which you want to present on a day-by-day basis. Paul says you died in your life. It's hidden with Christ and God. It's no longer about you. You died. You're hidden inside of Christ. And now when you walk around, everybody is supposed to see Jesus. Now think about it. Think about yesterday. Not to guilt you, not to hammer you down, but to just bring this into a reality. Think about yesterday. Something that you did was really dumb. 
Just something that you did. Maybe something you thought. Something that you said. Something that you put your hand to. Something you watched. Something that you listened to. Something that you entertained. Maybe something that you joked around with. And now, whatever that was, put Jesus' face on it. Would he have done that? And if you sit there and go, oh, yeah, I would, no, he probably wouldn't have done that. All right. People who don't believe in resurrection, they don't understand Christians because I'll tell you, this old dead life, it pops up out of the grave day by day. Man, does this old dead man want to get out of the grave. This flesh of a man wants to get out. He wants to be seen. He wants to He wants to present himself to the world again. It's hard. You can't do it. You can't present you and Christ at the same time. It doesn't work. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. Would he have done those things yesterday? No. All right. Well, then here's the thing. Confess them. Get me on them. Don't get depressed over them. Here's the thing. Just don't do them today. Grow today. Do what Christ would have you to do today. Why? Because you're in the costume. You're in the new skin. You're in the new person. You're done. It's not about you. Your life is hidden in Christ. What does that look like? We'll talk about what that looks like next week. All right? Because there's a lot of things that I want to... There's points here that I, I, I am wanting to, to talk about. But being that we are coming up this week, before we come back again next time for Halloween, I, wa- I wanted to talk about this. This was a perfect time, actually, for this to... This is a perfect book to talk about Halloween. Chapter 2. He says... You, you, you see this. He, he said uh, in chapter 2... He said, uh, you know, don't let anyone uh, cheat you. He says, uh, don't let anyone judge you in food or in drink or regarding a a, a festival or a, a feast day or a party. A certain day, a, a moon or, 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 or a Sabbath. All of those things are shadows of things to come. Don't don't let someone judge you in those things. If, if to you it's not a sin, hey, don't do it. Or, or go, go for it. Feel free to do it. If to you it, it is a sin, then maybe you want to just back out. If you, do, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, don't. The idea here is to represent Christ. Why? Because I've put on Christ. The dead man is Don. I, I'm no longer presenting Don. My life is about presenting Christ from this day forward. Your life from now on is to represent Christ, not fill in your, fill in your name in that blank. It's not about you. It's about Christ. You died and now Christ lives in you. Christ is now living in you and presenting himself through you. Does he, does he present himself well through you. The things that you say, the things that you do, the the things that you are, the things that you entertain, the things that you're expecting to do even later on today, 
is Christ going to be there? Because because know this, if you're a Christian, that's the costume you're taking. Are people going to see Jesus? Are you going to put a mask on and put your put your put your old mask back on and say, "No, today's for Don. Today's for your name." Because here's the thing: we're supposed to be living for the Lord, and that's what Paul's trying to get to the church of Colossae and the church of Laodicea, but they didn't get it. They heard the message, but they never really appropriated it. And it's the reason why we have Jesus warning the church of Laodicea in the book of Revelation saying, you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. You're playing church. You're not convinced on who to live for. It makes me sick. Are you for Christ or against Christ? If I'm for Christ, I put on Christ. Listen, if you're not a Christian, go have a bang up time. Enjoy life today because this is as close to heaven as you're ever going to get. So enjoy it today. But if you're a Christian, you've heard this statement before, you've heard this before. The things that you're missing out on, the things that you have to struggle with in life, the things that, that, that seem to not go your way, the things that, that beat you down a little bit here on earth, you go, man, this is a tough life that I'm living here on earth. Well, just know this. This is as close to hell as you will ever get. For a non-believer, this is close to heaven. I don't consider this heaven. This is not heaven. I don't care how good life can get here on the earth. It's not heaven. But as a Christian, this is as close to hell as I'm ever going to get. It's only up from here, gang. As a non-believer, it's only down from here. You got to make a choice. Am I going to live for Christ? Am I going to put on Christ? Or am I going to still live in self? If you still live in self, you haven't died. You haven't surrendered. Surrender. That's what, that's what it's all about. Live for Christ. Those that came on, that, that were in Hades and paradise, Abraham's bosom, they did that and they lived that life on a dream. That one day Christ would come and they were mocked for it. And I'm sure some of them doubted Really? Is he really going to come? I mean, many of them were your age. And he hadn't come yet. And they doubted. Really? I mean, I've been hearing it from my parents. I've been hearing it from their grandparents, from their parents and so on. And their grandparents had told them and then and then. And, and they, they always keep saying, well, he's coming. He's coming. But you know, I'm at this age right now. And you know what? He still hasn't come. Maybe he's not coming. You think they doubted? Yeah, I think they doubted. He came and he set him free. But he says, I'm coming back. And when Jesus comes back, it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, but that's what they've been saying for a long time. I know. Guess what? Today's closer than it was yesterday. Do you know it could be today? Today, 
Christ can come back. What are you presenting to the world? You presenting you or you presenting Christ? Are you hidden in Christ? Or are you still presenting you? That's what I got for you today. Listen, let's uh, present Jesus to the world. That's what, you want to put a nutshell on the New Testament? That's it. You die, not about you. I'm not talking physical death. I'm talking your death to these things in the world. We're going to look at that next week. You things that are in this world. It's not about you anymore. It's just about Christ. If you can get that, man, you're there. You got it. You're understanding it. And decisions in life are going to be a whole lot easier for you and for me once we get this and we understand it. Because it's tough out there, guys. It's tough out there trying to live a Christian life in our own strength. That's the cool thing about the Lord. The Lord doesn't expect us to live it in our own strength. He has given us the Holy Spirit to make it through this day. And so I would just encourage you, put on Christ, live for Christ, present Christ. Know that the things that you do this week, people are seeing Jesus in you. Are they getting a right, correct representation of who Jesus is? If not, guess what? You're not doing it right. Okay? I don't know if I should do this or if I shouldn't. Well, would Jesus be doing that? No. Then no, don't do it. Simple. Just don't do it. Oh, but it's going to cost me. Some people might mock me. Well, I... Jesus says, listen, when they hate you, know that they hated me first. That's never an excuse. Live for Jesus this week, guys, because that's who you're wearing if you're a Christian. That's who I'm wearing as a Christian. Do people see Jesus in me? Do people see Jesus in you? Your Halloween costume, it doesn't come off on November 1st. It doesn't come off at the end of October 31st. Your Halloween costume is on for the rest of your earthly life. Your Halloween costume is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You ready to live that life? Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.